Welcome to the Texas Home Improvement Super Podcast with Jim Dutton. All the best calls this week throughout the state of Texas. Brought to you by Floor and Decor. Largest selection of hard surface flooring and lowest prices guaranteed. Let's go out to Sugar Land. Warren, how are you? Hey, Jim. I'm doing good. How about yourself? Doing wonderful. So I've got a foundation issue. It's a two-story house, and it's just one quadrant has seemed to have cracked. And, you know, we've got the tile popping in the sec- in that section, and we've got a crack in the ceiling, and then there's an expansion joint outside in the brick wall, and the top is like twice as wide as the bottom. Okay. So, he- so I've had two guys, uh, two companies come out. Um, one company suggested, and it wasn't one of the companies that you sponsor. Um, I forgot the name of it. That's why. Um, one company said, yeah, we'll just do peers. We could just do peers around that corner to straighten right. it out since the rest of the house is fine. The other company said, said, put in a, um, don't, don't correct the foundation yet. Put in a root barrier and the ground could, um, re, um, rehydrate. Uh, rehydrate and straighten it out. Is that real? Depending on how far out of level it is, yes. Uh, the root it's shields are preventative maintenance. Yeah. Um, but, you know, once you're getting cracks and, and stuff that are opening up like that, uh, usually you're going to have to underpin it to get it back up. But you still want to do the root shield because that'll keep other areas from going bad. Right. You know, especially if if a tree caused a corner to go down, if all you do is pick up that corner, the tree continues to grow, it will start taking the middle of the house down. Yeah. There's there's some pretty big trees up front right in that area, so. Now, uh as far as uh, the, the you know you you mentioned the company I sponsor, I I actually own Do West Foundation Repair. Oh, okay. And we would be more than happy to come out and take a look at it for you. Yeah, I'll give you. I'll I'll, I'll give the company a call. Okay. Because I I forgot the name of it when I was first doing this. So. Yep. Do West. All right. I'll give them a call. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Bye. In fact, uh, I was down in Galveston Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday for the National Foundation Repair Association annual meeting. I gave a, a talk on the different repair methods and and talking about some preventative maintenance and things like that on foundation repair issues. So uh, absolutely, I believe in root shields. I mean, if if a tree is causing your issue, if all you do is underpin and you don't put in a root barrier in order to keep that tree f- from continuing to make or to grow and pull moisture out from under the home, you are destined to have another foundation problem. Now, is it going to be in a, in a year or two? Probably not, but probably in the next five. Uh, you know, depending on how fast the tree grows and how far out uh, it reaches to get that moisture from underneath the home, will depend on how long it takes for the middle of that house to go down. Sandy in Hickory Creek sent in a message uh, a couple hours ago. We have some three-foot-high rock walls that some of the top stones have been knocked off. What product do we use to reattach those? They actually make a mastic that comes in a caulking tube that's used for uh, gluing stuff like that together. You can pick it up at the box stores. Uh, it'll, It'll be used for a masonry and stone products. 
and uh, that will take care of it for you. Uh, it's nothing to, to really worry about too much. It, it's something that can happen and be easily handled. We're going to go over to East Houston. Hello, Ken. Hello. How, how can I help hey. you? Yeah, I'd like to know what the guidelines are to issue a deductive change order on a contract you have with a contractor. And by a deductive, you're going to take away some of the work they're doing? Right. Okay. Uh, is this something you guys have negotiated already or just something you're getting ready to do? Something I'm planning on doing, taking away some of the work from the original contract. Okay. Uh, basically, what you need to do is just sit down with the contractor and go over what you want to change. And typically, it's the contractor who's going to put together the change order. Because right now, I'm a, I'm in. I, I guess I should ask this first. I'm assuming you have a contract between the two of you. Correct. Yeah. So uh, basically, you're going to be altering the contract, and normally, uh, the contractor would put together the change order whether it's in addition or subtraction uh, but the first thing that's going to have to happen is you guys will have to sit down and negotiate out what the change is going to be and what the dollar amounts for that change order will be okay all right well and and and, and let me let me be up front here the reason for the negotiating part of it he's already under contract to do a project you're altering the project um and i i don't know what the project is but let's just say it's to let's say we're pouring a new driveway and it's a three panel driveway and you decided to change it down to shorten it up and only make it two panels instead of three he might already have materials and things like that in that he's already purchased to do the three panels so it may not be an even one-third drop in the contract because there may be some expenses that still have to be covered right and uh i guess the other question would be what if he doesn't want to agree to the deductive change order it, what it, we're talking about is pouring a slab for a house and from the work he's done already i'm not impressed so i'm concerned about the quality of the poor replacement okay and uh well you can't are you canceling a contract completely or i mean because pouring the slab is typically the beginning parts of a of a builder or is he just a concrete contractor well this is in a pole barn so okay they build the building and then pour the slab inside the building gotcha so that's why I'm saying that from the product that he's produced already, I'm not impressed, so I'm concerned sure. about the uh, slab being in pretty good shape when he gets done. So yep. if I just take it out and, and, let's, and have somebody else do it. Yeah. Right. Okay. Well, in that type of situation... He technically, and I'm not an attorney, but uh, you know, from what I've been told over the years, technically he has a contract that he is entitled to the profit on that contract. And he can try to hold your feet to the fire 
I don't know any good contractors who would do that because the last thing you want to do is work for somebody who don't want you there. <laughs> well, we're at that stage, so. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I I would bring it up to him that, um, you know, if he's got the pole barn up and the next phase is going to be to put the concrete in, I would uh, start negotiating with him. In the contract, did it have how much the concrete work would cost? Yes, it's got a specific amount for the concrete work. Then I would just bring it up to him, you know, before he gets into buying materials for it and stuff and say, hey, uh, I'm going to take this portion of the uh, contract out. I'm not going to do it at this time. So let's make an alter. Let's uh, alter the, the contract and just do away with that. Right. Okay. Well, I'll try that and see how it comes out. <laughs> Okie doke. We'll go from there. Sounds good. You take care. All right. Thank you. Bye. And it happens. I mean, sometimes you just do have to alter what you're doing, and uh, you know it 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 uh, comes down to altering the contract. But remember, contracts are two sided, so there is going to be probably clauses in there that, especially if, if it's the contractor who put it together, they're going to favor the contractor as far as being paid. For what he's done and if he's already got material on the site and and different things like that maybe he's had to pull permits for it or whatever they should be reimbursed for that but if you don't want them to do the project by all means don't be shy about bringing it up just do it in a nice manner uh, rather than saying hey your work looks like crap i don't want you touching anything else out here uh, that will just get you set up for a fight. But saying, hey, I'm, I'm going to cut back on the project uh, and do part of this later, do away with it that way. It'll it'll go a lot easier for you. We're going to Katie and Skip. This is Jim. How can I help you? Oh, I have a front door that uh, when, when there's a hard wind, and I don't put the, 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 the bolt on it, but I just close it, and the wind will blow it open. I go, what the hell's going on? Why is it not tight enough with, uh, without wind blowing it out? Because your latch isn't going all the way open into the uh, receiver, you know, the little part yeah, that's yeah, drilled yeah, into the... The, 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 the latch is, it looks fine, but when there's a big wind, it'll just blow it open. Yeah, well, that tells me it's not fine, uh, because <laughs> if it was fine and, and, and latched in, it, it wouldn't open up. Uh, typically, it's just it, it, it's something has gone out of adjustments where there's been some minor foundation movement or swelling contraction. Usually, it's a matter of making that hole just a, a tad bit bigger okay. so, that the, so that the latch opens all the way when it goes in. Okay, I got you, buddy. Thanks. You bet. Just a reminder, it's a huge help if you subscribe to, rate, and review the podcast. It helps people find us. Eddie, this is Jim. How can I help you? Yeah, Jim. Uh, I'm just curious. We're looking to put in a storm shelter, but what we were looking at is something just a little bit bigger than the, what you can buy over the, you know, from the different companies. And I, I knew y'all did concrete foundations and things, but we're looking to uh, put in something like an 8x10 or a 10 by 12 concrete, and I didn't know if, Fender blocks would withstand the load, you know, pressure from the outside on the dirt because we're wanting it, you know, completely underground. 
Sure. Dirty. Now, it can be made to where they withstand the, the dirt. Now, typically what you're going to do if you're using cinder blocks is you'll have your foundation base. You'll have rebar coming up where the cinder blocks are going to go that run up through the holes in the cinder block. And then you'll fill those cinder blocks solid with with concrete. And that'll make a solid wall for you. But then on the outside, you got to have drainage. Otherwise, the right. moisture will come through it. So you're typically going to coat it with a waterproofing material. And what I would normally recommend is to put a fabric on there that uh, when the water hits, it drains down to the bottom into a French drain system that is put in deeper than the foundation of this room is. And then gravel that's wrapped in fabric on the, on the outside of that, which is uh, 12 inches thick, again, to take the water down into the French drain. That keeps the pressure off the walls, makes the walls sturdy enough to withstand the pressure, but keeps the water out of it and keeps everything dry. You're good to go. Okay. All right. Yeah, because I've been having a hard time finding anybody that will just build concrete walls. You know, just make me a room out of regular cement or concrete. Really? Yep. Yeah, I've I've you know, looked through the different websites and stuff, and and nobody really wants to do it. Yeah. So. Well, you can definitely do it with the blocks. Now, one of your other choices for what you're trying to do, you'd still do the outside the same way I was talking about, but if you want to go with a concrete, you know, the styrofoam forms. Uh, and, and I talked to somebody, uh, had him on the show when, when I was down in uh, Austin a couple weeks ago. But I've used them to build stem walls around uh, antique or antique uh, houses that were built Hold in the 1800s, <laughs> uh, things right. like that. And the, the styrofoam forms work really good because they're easy to set the forms up. You add your rebar inside of them. Fill them with concrete and you're done. And so, mm, you know, okay. that may be one of the options you might want to look at. Okay. But as far right. as building a, a link storm that? shelter, there there yeah. are companies who, uh, I mean, that's that's what they do is storm shelters. Oh, I know. I've, I've seen some, but most of them won't go over, like, uh, the biggest I found, and they're all already prefab. They're already made, and yeah. the biggest I found was seven by ten. I think was the largest I found. Mm, so I mean, okay. that still sounds pretty big, but not. We want to use it for storage and stuff too, maybe. Sure. So, okay. Uh, well, right, um, but uh, you I, I know tell you, for what you're looking that, for, yes, there, uh, take a look at getting a basement built. They're the ones who would be able to do that for you. Ah, we're going out to Highland Village. Keith, how can I help you? Hi, thank you for taking the call. Um, I just heard you extol the virtues of your tankless water heater down in Pasadena. And I was wondering what the differences were, in your opinion, between gas tankless versus electric tankless. And I'm happy to hang up and listen. Uh, yeah, you can stay on the line. I mean, uh, I have my tankless actually here in Double Oak, which is right by where you're living. Um, and it's all, uh, my house is all, 
Well, it was all electric. I, I actually added a propane tank. And so my my tankless water heater right now is electric. Uh, it, it's really just a matter of the energy efficiency of them. Uh, they both do the same thing. Uh, they're just giving you a continuous flow of hot water. The gas ones are just cheaper to operate than the electric. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'm aware of a brand called True Tankless, and um, they seem to be making great inroads. But I believe theirs is electric and has all the Wi-Fi capabilities and kind of a high-tech unit, it seems. Yeah, um, typically on the gas ones, I like the Navion system because of its energy efficiency. Uh, and it does have an option for a recirculating system uh, if somebody wants basically instant hot water when they turn the faucet on. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, there's a there's quite a few different brands out there nowadays. Cool. I appreciate it. Thank you. Let's head out to McKinney. Terry, how can I help you today? Hi, Jim. How are you doing today? I'm doing wonderful. How about you? I'm doing great. It's a beautiful day. Uh, my question... Jim is, oh, it's been about four years ago. We remodeled our bathroom, did it myself. Uh, pretty much the copper is all in the same location that it was originally. Uh-huh. But after we finished it out, when you turn on the hot water or cold water on the uh, the faucet in the bathroom at the vanity, uh, you turn it on low, you're okay. But if you start incre- increasing the pressure, it starts to make a chattering sound, and sometimes it will completely shut off. Yep. So it, it, and when it is chattering, it, it sounds like it's thumping the whole time. Correct. Rapidly. Exactly. Yep. You got a bad water hammer or what? Nope. You got a bad washer in the faucet somewhere. Really? Yep. It's going to be an O-ring, a washer, something as the water is is going through there. That little rubber gasket is flapping, and it just sounds like you're beating the heck out of the house. And it's just that little piece of rubber flapping. Okay, well, that's great. That's that's good news. Uh, alternative, I didn't want to have to cut back into the wall. Nah, there should be no reason to. Uh, I, I would start with the faucet itself. And okay. uh, did you reuse the same faucets or put in new ones? No, brand new. They were brand new. Yeah, then more than likely the faucet has a, a an old ring or something in it that's not not any good. Uh, but to to check out which one it is, unhook the uh, faucet from the valves underneath the sink. Uh huh. And you can hook use the the tubes that are on the sink to run water into a five gallon bucket. And that'll tell you, okay, is it this faucet or this valve or this valve? And if it's not either one of the hot or cold valves, then it's the faucet itself. Okay, yeah, because what it is is, uh, you know, it's one that you you can turn both directions. It's not yep. like you got handles for hot yeah. and cold. Yeah, but you you should have a hot and cold shutoff underneath the sink. And Correct. It, can, it can be in that as well. And that's the reason I would run the water through those first, unhooked from the faucet. And, uh, you know, if you don't get that thumping that way, then you know it's in the faucet and just change it out. Oh, I understand what you're talking about now. Okay. Sounds great. Okay. Thank you for your uh, advice and uh, 
enjoy listening to your show. Thank you very much, Terry. You take care. Back in Dallas, and is it uh, Venkat? Hey, yeah. Hi, Jim. Uh, this is Venkat. How are you? I'm great. How about you? I'm doing pretty good. Thanks for asking. Um, I just had a question. Um, it's kind of uh, so when we bought this house in Dallas, Texas, uh, the builder gave us this um, um, trees, uh, which should be planted. I, I think the, as per the city rule, gotta have like two trees in the front, I believe. Yeah. And uh, and uh, we were very excited. We got the good ones, the, the oak trees. And um, I was too excited because none of them, um, uh, other other people didn't get the way we wanted. I mean, I, I, again, we didn't have any choice. But anyway, the question I have is, these trees becoming big and big and big. And then over the time, um, they've been producing these acorns. Yep. And uh, it was okay. I mean, small tree, I mean, acorns a little bit. But as and when it's becoming big, they're producing like, way, way, way over acorns. And it was okay, meaning like it was falling down, it's, it was fine. But this last year, it so happened that it became a big mess at my home, meaning I, I parked my car outside, and this squirrel, I don't know how it found a way, um, it just kept on accumulating all those acorns under the engine or somewhere where we, you have these cabin filters, mm-hmm. and uh, I realized that um, I was breathing the, I mean, it blocked the cabin filter, and the, when I put on the AC or heater, it doesn't work. So we are, we are to a point where, oh my God, enough is enough. So my question is, what what do I do, or where do I find some resources where I can see how, how can I avoid trees producing the acorn, maybe a fertilizer or any kind of spray or anything there, I can do to... There actually is a spray that you can have put on trees uh, to curb the acorn group uh, growth now it does it does not eliminate it completely but it drastically can reduce it oh great great and we can find that and what is it called uh you would have as far as i know you have to actually talk to an arborist i don't know if as a uh uh, you know a lay person a homeowner if they can go in and, and purchase this product or not I've only talked to a true arborist about it, so uh, I would recommend you call a tree arborist and talk with them. We're going to head to Waller County. LB, how can I help you? Yes, um, uh, my question is, uh, is Hardy Burn Board, excuse me, uh, considered structural enough to be nailed just on the two-by-fours with no sheathing? And there's houses being built in my area, and they've put, they've, uh, Framed the house, wrapped it, and then they're just nailing the hardy board to the two-by-fours. There's no sheathing involved. A hardy themselves recommend sheathing behind it because it right. is not a structural board. That was my contention, yeah. So they're doing the people a disservice by building Yes, they are. Yep. Who, who would I... There's no real building code in Waller County. Who could I uh, bring that attention to? Well, is that, is uh, that a standard of national home building or... It, it 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 well it's it's the 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 recommendation of Hardy themselves and yes it's part of the uh, both the Southern and the National Building Codes I believe so okay. uh, and even though there may not be a permitting authority in Waller County itself uh, they right. still they still need to comply with you know state codes and things like that 
Uh, yeah, the so, National Building Code. Uh, yep. Yep. Okay, great. I appreciate the input. Thank you, sir. You bet. Take care. Bye. Bye. And, you know, the unfortunate thing is you'll hear of a ton of houses that get built outside uh, city limits where they pull this kind of stuff, and then when it gets annexed, it doesn't meet the local codes. Well, because it didn't meet codes to begin with. They just knew there wasn't somebody inspecting, and they could get away with it. Chi and Raymond? Yes, sir. How are you you doing today? Pretty good. How can I help you? I had a question concerning, I, when I built my house, I never vented out the benefit system. I never put the benefit system in. What do you guys think about ventless systems? Well, almost all the vent hoods that you buy give you the option of either venting it outside or recirculating inside. If you recirculate it back inside, uh, you typically have charcoal filters and things like that to that the air goes through in order to pull out as much crud out of out of it, you know, basically the oils and stuff as it can uh, and the odors. So I've had houses that had had it both ways. I prefer taking the air outside uh, rather than recirculating it. Okay. Yeah, the only problem is that it's a two-story home, and above the kitchen there's rooms. So I guess I'll have to. I won't have a choice but to go with the ventless. No, you, uh, is it on an outside wall? No. Ah, uh, yeah, you. Yeah. I mean, you can go up and, and go between the, the two floors to, to take it out, but now you're getting into sheetrock repairs. And honestly, in, in a situation like that, I would do just like you just said. I, I would go with the ventless. Okay. Now, are there any systems that you recommend, or or how would you go about maybe trying to find a – because I'd rather spend a little extra money and get a pretty decent system. The the filters on all of them are, are, are almost all the same. Okay. So w- when you start shopping, to to me, the biggest thing to shop for is going to be how quiet the system is. Okay. Because some of those Vanda hoods, they get unbelievably noisy. Okay. So the primary thing is a good one that's quiet. Yep. All right. That's what I needed to know. All right. You take care, Thank Raymond. You. Thank you, sir. Cause, you know, and on all those vents, you know, they, they'll they'll have different screens that you can put in for oil, for odors, and things like that. And so, you know, that part can all be handled. But if you get one with a, a noisy blower motor, you are done. Uh, the, the, that's just a, a miserable way to cook, to be honest with you. Does anybody sell double-pane storm windows? I do not want to remove my existing windows because it's an antique house. Thank you. You know, I have never seen double-pane storm windows. Um, I had storm windows on my own house, and I did not find them to be very effective. When I had my windows changed out to the double-pane windows... Uh, it was a night and day difference. And like I said, I had the the storm windows already. If I was to look at something to do to make the house more energy efficient and quieter and all that stuff, honestly, if I wanted to maintain those antique windows you have, I would take a look at a product called Magnetite. And this this system goes way back. I mean, Sears used to install these 
systems. They were at home shows and stuff all the time. And I've looked at them a dozen different times, I'm sure, if, if I've looked at them once. But basically, it goes on the inside, and it's a plexi-type material that magnetically uh, seals around the window. And the reason uh, I would take a look at that over storm windows, it will maintain that look on the outside. It goes to the inside and is more energy efficient and does a tremendous job of killing the sound that's coming in through those old windows. Uh, so they really, they're, they energy-wise are almost as good as going with a new double-pane window. I'm not going to say they're as good, but they're they're real close to it. But like like you want to do, you want to maintain that antique look, this is a way you can do it. And they're easy to peel off and put back on, you know, if you got a reason that you need to take them off or for cleaning purposes and things like that. So uh, that's what I would take a look at it. Again, that's called magnetite. You've just heard the best calls and questions from Texas Home Improvement. For more information about our show, go to THIPro.com. 